0: Ah, uh, I've left all my clever things on the field. I I'm out.
1: It's too bad. Yeah.
0: Oh, hey, if you uh if you do use my joke that I said before, I I don't have a boat and I'm not a smoker. Don't smoke. You don't have a smoker boat? I'm not a smoker. I'm not a boat. I don't have a cigarette boat. You shouldn't
1: lie, Ken.
2: The thing about that joke is that I thought you were like telling like an actual story. And I thought something bad was going to happen. And then you dropped that. Nah, that's that, my favorite that kind of joke. God awful pun. And that's what <laughs> broke me. Because I was expecting like a bad story ending.
0: But no, no. You, you disguised it as a fucking pun. God damn it. I don't know how to tell that joke otherwise. Wow. And
2: that's why I died. That's what killed me, Ken. That's, that's how you killed me. I just
0: want to make sure everyone knows that they shouldn't smoke. Because it's disgusting. And I'm very happy that we don't have that happening around here.
3: But it allows you to say cool things in a cool way, like access main program.
1: Access blah, 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 blah.
0: Or hold on to your butts. That too.
1: So, <laughs> so now you're advocating?
0: No. I'm advocating for Samuel Jackson to do it in 1993.
3: You guys know that uh, Sam Jackson came in to read his line and actually shocked Stephen and whoever it was so much that they just sat in five minutes staring at each other after he left. Like he he had zero hesitation. He just came in, fucking chewed through his lines, and then left and said thanks. (laughs) I want to see this. I do too. It it just makes sense for Sam Jackson. Does
0: that mean we have to make another not extra? Mm Mm-hmm.
3: It's just great. He, he wanted a cast of people who sounded smart and could deliver lines like they were smart and knew what they were talking about. And I feel like everybody just nails that in this movie. I just
0: came to a very sad realization. What? This is a horror movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I was going to get into that here in a little bit as we get to see the first horror element. We finally get to see the bad guy that's going to be haunting your dreams. The, the It's not stalking you in the background anymore. You have the horror right in your face. I love it. The T-Rex is right there. I'm Ken. Wait. You forgot the T-Rex?
1: What? I said there's the T-Rex. I'm Ken. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Right. You're the you're the T-Rex?
0: At a certain point, we're going to have to start this thing.
1: <laughs> He's not wrong. All right. I'm Joe. I'm still Ken. I guess I'm Andrew.
2: I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm Dan. I'm Dan. I'm Dan. Maybe I'm Dan. Dan.
1: And we're the Rewinders <laughs> Podcast, rewinding movies to see if they hold up, and this time it is episode four of The Dissection of Jurassic Park. <laughs> five. Episode five. Episode
2: five. <laughs> you said four. What did I say? That was you said fours four last week. Two weeks ago, oh god, it's been so long. oh
1: my god. <laughs> what is time anymore? It's a what is life? Joe, you kinda of sounded
3: like the guy in the subway in, in the Lost World Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy that, the, the guy that accosts Malcolm on the on the subway. He's like, Oh you, I know you. Rah! He puts his hands together and acts all stupid. <laughs> yeah. What? Sounds like something I'd do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we left off at the power going out and the saucy Malcolm saying, Ex wives are, hey, ex wives. Hey, join my ex, join my ex wives club, peppy.
0: And then asking if Dr. Sattler was available for future ex wifing.
2: Yes. Kind of referencing characters that exist now, but didn't exist when the film movie was being filmed. Wait, what? He talks about his what? children and Kelly. Like... Makes an opening
3: for Kelly. Uh,
1: he does make an opening for oh Kelly. the gymnastics girl. Yeah. Yes.
3: Oh right. Okay. The girl who used the awesome word troglodyte and opened up my eyes as a child that there are some cool insulting words that nobody knew. <laughs> oh, D and D players have known that word for years. Oh, that's such
0: such a good yeah such a good word for sure.
3: And all because she didn't have
0: Sega. <sighs> she missed out on yeah. so many good soundtracks, Ollie. Yep.
2: All well, I can hear is the the opening theme to the to Green Hill Zone from Sonic 2. That's
0: that's the one. Close I enough. went through all sorts of them like Starlight Zone and then Casino Zone and then you'd think Emerald Hill would be the first one in my brain cuz that's the one that you play the most. Yeah, it's the first it's the first level of the game.
1: <laughs> so are they outside the uh Tyrannosaurus? Gay fence at the yes, time indeed. in this movie? Yes. The second those tour vehicles stopped. rightly, the, stuff, the, the right so. to correct
2: fence. Not the perimeter fence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Oh, oh, oh. Not uh,
1: anymore, because the power's yeah. off. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, out of all the stuff that's going on, you know, they pull out the, the silly night vision goggles that look Amazing. like their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle goggles. I love them, and I
0: still want a pair.
1: They also look like they could break.
0: So easy, yeah. They're expensive, <laughs>
1: but they look like plastic. <laughs> yeah. Put them back. I don't, I also like how they match the cars, yeah. Too. You gotta
0: love that I they know. saddled the lawyer with the kids, and uh, this is the first interaction you get. Are those heavy? Yes, well, they're expensive. Put them back. Mm-hmm. Favorite line <laughs> of the scene, all sorts of things great happening here. Like mm-hmm. to this day, I still get chills from the water. Doing that's not the, the scene, that's the water not the thing scene, in the though. Cup. That's no, not not, it's,
2: that's, that's after, that's after, oh no, this is the scene. This is the scene. This it's a, a big scene. scene.
3: Here's where I got messed up. When Grant and Malcolm are having their conversation in the car prior to the power going off, Malcolm tries to offer Grant a swig of his flask, which has some sort of unknown alcohol in it probably. But then in this scene, we, we get to witness Grant come back after talking to Gennaro and he's filling up his canteen with the door open in, in the Explorer with water, he takes a swig, hands it over to Malcolm, and Malcolm just graciously takes it and starts swigging from it. I love that difference <laughs> in characters between the two.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the water with the ripples. That is the scene. Is... That is correct, because I have notes
2: about how they how they get that to all happen, and it makes me so happy.
1: I, I just like the fact, though, that if you haven't even seen this movie, you've probably seen... Um, an homage. Someone, Yeah, an homage to it in something else. But yeah, they just put like a bass amp it's underneath a, the car. It's a something. guitar string. Because everything
2: yep. else that they tried would disturb the surface of the water and make it un- unable to be recorded. The only thing that I couldn't find was how they did that for... The T Rex, the puddles. puddles.
3: I know. I want to know that's so bad because the puddles look so good when that happens.
0: I imagine they did the same thing, only they built a oh, was eight it, foot. Oh platform. my god, was it
2: miniaturized? <laughs> and they just they
0: just put or the, a miniature they just put version, the
2: miniature like real close to the camera, and then like zoomed out so the it looked like it was in those in the same spot. Oh man, I'm nerd out know, real man. hard yeah, It's if a rabbit hole. Looks
0: amazing either way. It's a rabbit hole we go down. But
3: yeah, I, I think. <laughs> For me, the biggest thing that stands out about the scene and the thing that's still to this day is like, it just, it's like getting a warm, heartfelt hug. In the theaters when this film launched, and when I was sitting in the theater at five, five years old, dead silence through the next 10 minutes. Absolute, stifling, dead silence. To this day, anytime this movie is on, I don't care who I'm around friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers, whatever. It's dead silence while this scene happens. That is how commanding this scene is. That is how much this scene has survived over all the years that it's been around in, in terms of its effect, its, its value. It's just, it's so well shot, so well planned and legitimately, I mean, th- this is what the whole movie is based around. This is the scene that everybody got excited to film, the scene that everybody knew what they were going to do about. It's like trying to fill in the gaps for everything else. Like, when you sit down and talk about Jurassic Park, this is the first thing that they had planned, essentially. Yeah, we have to just fill in everything else. We have to figure out what to cut, what to add, blah, 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 blah. But everybody knew what it was leading up to. And it shows. My God, does it show in this scene. <laughs> yep. The reveal of your horror dinosaur. When
2: we started, when I when we watched this movie, and I, I wrote down all the notes, like, a week prior to this, Corridor Digital did a VFX breakdown of this scene, and... My God, this scene is a goddamn masterpiece. Like it's just oh yeah, like how how they like how they broke down how how they got the rain to work and how they did the VFX for the like filler rain and like how they made the splashes of water that the T Rex makes when it steps around one of the trucks. It's just mm-hmm. oh my God, yeah, so it's, cool. it's
3: unbelievably incredible and. I think for me, something that really blew me away, watching when it hit Blu-ray about 10 years ago, the big thing that made me crap my pants was watching the behind the scenes and realizing what was CG and what wasn't. I always thought I had a really good handle on what was CG in this movie, oh, but so there are some things in this CG. scene that just blew me away. <laughs> so we'll get into that. But yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's impressive what they pulled off. There's, there's a lot going on in the scene. Obviously it's not without its mistakes. We'll get to that too, but I say
0: it's so good that you don't uh think about the giant drop off that just magically happens. And also scene. why there is a bathroom in this area. The bathroom makes sense. When they're not supposed to be getting out of the car. The bathroom
3: makes sense cuz they they it it shows that they had those planned along the stops along the way for the guests. Maybe? But I thought you were going to say the plywood and the halogen light. <laughs> It's such a good scene that you don't even see that. Yep. <laughs> but anyways. I don't know. Oh my out. God. It's, so...
2: it's one of the biggest gaps in this movie.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. So breakdown of the scene. We've got the Tyrannosaurus Rex. It finally makes its wonderful appearance. Lex just made the the comments, you know, about where's the goat. You get this thump on the glass. You look up. Severed goat so leg. Tyrannosaurus Rex swallowing the thing whole that's your first impression minus a leg. minus a leg yep and then you get that nice snapping of the electrical wires you get the creaking of the fence and then she makes her triumphant debut stepping out into the world and roaring letting everyone know for the first time in the movie and as the audience i'm here (laughs) it is such roll for initiative yeah it is a really impactful (laughs) scene it still is Everybody's shocked, everybody's silenced, everybody's just sitting still, except for the kids, because they want the adults to know we're scared. Now prior to that, before the Rex comes out of the fence, you got Gennaro showing his true colors and running off terrified into the bathroom. <laughs> Which again, you got that joke led by led by Malcolm following something funny or something scary which keeps happening which is amazing in this movie you've got the joke about where's he you think he's going you gotta go you gotta go and then the fence starts swaying <laughs> he's great at setting up that like comic and then wait what's happening next you got the kids fl- we you know, all have desperately to trying to flame down
2: agree on something first before we go any farther yeah
3: dying on the shitty on the shitter
1: is a really crappy
3: way to go out <laughs> oh damn, dan dan dan, dan. <laughs>
1: you're getting upset about Ken's puns.
2: I did I did not get upset. Yep. I Ken's puns, man, like when he when he lands them, he lands them and I was not prepared. It's it's
0: disappointing when you have a story and it ends up just being 5 minutes lead up to a pun and it makes me laugh even harder. So anyways, um Ruthie were saying the kids
2: were all freaked out. Sorry.
3: No, I was just giving a recap just, you know, the kids are desperately trying to flag down the adults because even at the sight of something like a gigantic tyrannosaurus rex kids in their, you know, their, their stage are just thinking adults can help us. So in cue, the flashlight, shining it out the windows, trying to get the adults attention, come save us. There's a thing outside scary. What the hell are they going to do? You got Grant Malcolm sitting inside the car and Grant's telling Malcolm not to move. And he's been rational, and just trying to like, think about his instincts and think about what he knows as a paleontologist. The kids are just being kids and trying to be close to the adults. So you got that awesome flashlight scene you got the Rex come over, you've got Tim close the door, which the scene's so effective you never notice that the door was closed in the scene prior to it. We <laughs> would also miss, uh, <laughs> Lex, Lex turns the light off. She does. She Before she turns it, she right turns right it back
2: a... on. You can see the beam going out and Grant telling, telling them to turn the lights off and it cuts back to Lex and Tim in the car and Tim's like, turn the light off. And Lex turns the flashlight off but then somehow it gets turned
0: back on to shine the T-Rex's eye. For a very, very cool
3: scene, and I'm happy they did it. Yep. The logistics behind the scene had to have been mind-boggling, and it had to have been such a monumental task for Stan Winston. Not only do you have a director saying, I want the eye to contract. (laughs) Okay, so let's work that in. (laughs) But then also telling telling them and reassuring them repeatedly, no, it's not going to get wet. What we're going to do is we're going to film rain behind it in front of it. And then the day of the shoot being like, no, we're gonna put it in a direct downfall because it, it's gonna look awesome that way.
2: And then it almost it almost <laughs> oh, kills my god. Like, five technicians because the, yeah. the rain kept <laughs> the tri- keeps keeps triggering the the animatronic to start moving and they're like techs inside it, like trying to keep oh, it Oh god, yeah. They're
3: out there with sham cloths trying to slap the damn thing, trying to keep it dry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God, There's, that's But terrifying. they did a
3: hell of a job. There's only one scene where you can actually see it shake, and that's when the Rex is following the beam over the top of the Explorer, and as it moves its head from the left to the right, it does a little tiny wobble that you can just barely pick up. But I'm willing to, you know, pass that off as... So that's a real dinosaur. That's a real dinosaur watching a light. Exactly. But then you got another unexpected thing where the Rex smashes its head through the bubble. Amazing! So, what scene. is that
2: glass made out of to not shatter into a bunch of tiny pieces? Lexan.
3: What? Same Lexen. Same with the um, same with the uh, windows of the. It's bendy. Yeah. Same with the windows of the Ford Explorer because the standard Ford Explorer came with tinted windows. Hammond had all the windows on the Ford Explorer replaced with clear clear Lexen so that way they could see through. It's, it's what
0: are those kids' arms made out of <laughs> that they didn't get crushed by a T Rex head? Children.
3: Bones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was impressed. I was like, those little kids are strong to fight off the pushing of a neck of a tyrannosaur." Well, that's also
3: a terrifying... Well, I'd be hard-pressed
0: to push away a dog if they're just trying hard enough.
3: Right?
1: But no, that's uh, that, that was a terrifying
3: scene for the actors, though, too, because that, that bubble was not supposed to break. The script called for the bubble falling oh, into the what? vehicle. Really? Yeah. So the look and the screams on their face were genuine because the bubble was supposed to come through the roof, and that's it. When the bubble came through the roof and snapped in into, like, thirds, <laughs> the kids were actually terrified for their lives. Instead, they're trying to, like, scream, and, and you know, their, their reactions were genuine. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah.
0: That explains <laughs> that. Because it's so good. It's so real. It is.
3: It is. And then we get to the point where I nearly crap my pants as an adult. The entire scene where the Tyrannosaurus Rex puts its head against the side of the Explorer and tips it over is entirely CG, including the Ford Explorer. Mm -hmm. I never knew that, and I nearly crapped my pants when I realized that they went into that much detail, and they made it look that realistic. I was beside myself. I always thought it was just something like they had cables and pulled it over or something, but no. The Ford Explorer itself is completely CG in that scene. It's just unbelievable.
1: (laughs) That's really impressive, because I have a a still frame (laughs) of it, and I'm just like, I haven't seen that level of CG in anything that old yeah
2: remember when i said somebody sold their soul to make the effects of this movie work?
1: (laughs) i think literally the only scene
3: that for me you can maybe tell that it's cg i've got it up right now i think it's if you pause it and look super 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 close at like the wheel well the the hub on the the Mm -hmm. or the alloy on the explorer it looks slightly off but i've got it paused right now at an hour and seven minutes exactly right before the rex headbutts it for the first time and me looking at this i still can't believe that that's not real it's just unbelievable absolutely unbelievable
1: so i i got back to a point in the movie where it's in the middle of nudging it over and the the car itself looks um like it has like a film like a haze film over it it compared to the background But to me, I wouldn't have guessed that that was because it's not a real element.
2: The things you can get away with when you're recording in rain.
1: I take it back. It's not
3: the point where the Rex is about to headbutt it. It's once the vehicle's fully rolled over. So it was pulled over the cables and whatnot. But once the vehicle's on its on its roof, oh okay, yeah, that's all CG from there forward.
1: When it's biting the yes, tires, yes, that's and all stuff CG. Like that. <laughs> it, that, it doesn't. Okay. okay, that I can buy. It just looks that so makes good. Makes I
0: was wondering how they did that. It's just CG. Okay,
1: it does
3: look good. It looks so good. The kid's crawling around inside the cargo cargo spot while it's being crushed into the ground. That was filmed elsewhere, and they just spliced that in. It's just insane. It's absolutely insane to me how good this looks.
1: Yeah, on my still frame of it upside down, it it matches. They did a real yeah, like job. Yeah, like
3: I said, the only thing that looks a little off for some reason is just the alloy. I don't know if it's the, the, the triangles look a little bit different to me, but everything else, it just looks unbelievably just real.
1: It's, again, how this movie just pulls you in very effectively.
2: And then we get the line about uh, not moving because T-Rexes,
0: are their vision is based on movement. And you wonder how he knows that. It just happens to be
3: right.
2: Yes, Lucky but him. what about the other two scents? Because humans smell real bad.
3: But you but Dan, you missed not in the rain. You missed the whole Gennaro scene <laughs> with the toilet. Because immediately following that, that's when that's when Grant goes out after he finds oh what to do, he just grabs a road flare and goes out and distracts the thing. And that's where Malcolm grabs one too. And Malcolm wasn't supposed to do that in the script. He was actually supposed to die in the scene, but he actually pleaded to um Spielberg to let his character live because he thought wouldn't it be better if he went out like a heroic way and like did this and I'm glad they kept him around because it's one of my my favorite Malcolm quotes come later
2: they're gonna kill Malcolm in the new movie
3: I really hope not oh my
2: (laughs) god he's gonna do something heroic and they're going
0: to kill Malcolm he's gonna turn into a fly and fly
2: away
3: they're gonna Cronenberg Jurassic (laughs) Park that's gonna be great oh (laughs) (laughs) But it it honestly took me until I was in my mid-twenties to understand what the dialogue was in the scene. I just never really looked into it. I just assumed what it meant, but I finally put subtitles on. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And for years I was misquoting the scene wrong. <laughs> you know, you got Grant with his flair, he just did what he needs to do, and then you got Malcolm coming out and kind of ruining the plan, and he's just shouting Ian Freeze, and then Malcolm's just shouting back, get the kids, and he's shouting back, get rid of the flare back and forth the same things back and back and forth i don't know if it was his accent or what that i didn't quite catch as a kid but yeah it's i I can't even remember what i thought they used to say in the scene but it was so far from what it actually is (laughs) i think it was like get rid of him sir or something like that i thought he was saying but yeah no it's 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 fun watching the rex chase malcolm it's fun freeze framing the movie to see malcolm bull riding the, the snow of the T-Rex through the side of the building. <laughs> and then, yeah, you get that wonderful scene. Probably right, still so down these days. Right, then you get that wonderful scene with um with Gennaro on the toilet, just terrified, absolutely terrified. And then he gets eight. Was the lawyer supposed to survive the scene, or
0: were they both supposed to die? He dies here in the book, too.
3: No, actually, in the book, it was Ed Regis ed regis was cut from the movie he was the pr guy right he was the pr guy yeah and a juvenile t-rex actually killed him in the woods afterwards but in the movie Gennaro actually survives all the way through like he even gets a velociraptor pounce on his back in the maintenance shed later on the movie or in the book i mean spielberg told him right off the bat when they were uh, casting i have to tell you that your character is going to die from being eaten off of a toilet and he was actually ecstatic about that he said what a great way for the character to go (laughs) So he knew full well going in. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And that was another thing too, that this scene wasn't originally planned because they wanted to keep the violence down. They wanted to keep the on-screen, you know, deaths to a minimum, but I can't remember who it was. Somebody from ILM or somebody else. I don't remember who. They pitched the scene and they just did a rough animatic effort or whatever they did convinced to go forward. And yeah, this scene is amazing. It is terrifying thinking about being him vulnerable out in the rain staring up at something like that looking down on you it is absolutely terrifying especially in shorts
0: and long sleeves you can't exactly see so maybe he's got his pants down we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) it confused me as a child i didn't realize he was wearing shorts until that scene and like as a kid you don't rewind it and then as a ken as a kid you just forget that to check that later and so uh, I was like, why does he have his pants down? He's just running away from the, the T-Rex. I guess he really did have to go. <laughs>
3: That's weird. It's it's great seeing the things that change from seeing this as a five-year-old, six-year-old, whatever, and coming back to it as an adult and seeing all the things yeah. that you messed up as a kid. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, we get to the scene that you're talking about, Dan, with the don't move, T-Rex can see if you don't move. Muddy-ass hand over Lex's mouth. <laughs> Snout blowing the hat off. I mean, obviously we know now that tyrannosaurus rex had excellent vision but back then it was pitched and seriously considered that the rex did have awful vision but you can still play it off as dinosaur amphibian dna so Urgh.
0: yeah it, how dare i, you. I
3: know because it's not technically a real t-rex it's you got to think about it that way it's a genetic abomination <laughs> yep but yeah then you get that that sweet scene <laughs> you know 360s the car or 180s the car On its uh, roof, and then, Mm -hmm. yeah, you get the cable drop scene, and again, once it leaves the ledge and falls down, and that's all CG as well. (laughs) It's a CG explorer falling down, which is insane to me.
1: (laughs) And to me, I thought that that was one of the worst effects of the Oh, really? Oh, really? Is it
3: the lid? Yeah. Is it the lid?
1: It's just the vehicle, it's the way that they uh, put the actors on that really high wall when they really weren't on a high wall. I am compositing it. It just left me with a, mm, this, this isn't the best, but I, you know, it's there for tension building because, Oh, the car is slowly going to fall and then it falls and they've got to get out of the way.
0: And this movie really likes that last minute, uh, dodging thing. Like, yeah. Oh, we got a last minute dodge out of this car or, uh, Lex being pulled up through the ceiling and the, raptor almost biting her leg cuz uh oh, it's so close. Yeah. A lot of those last minute things that really likes to just play with the toys the edge with the, the just a little suspense. Unrealistic closeness. Yeah,
2: just just to give you a jump. It's one it's another one of those scenes that needs to have the 3D's the the computer generated effects just
3: cleaned up. Just a, just a, a tiny bit. Yeah. I think it's funny that you say this one Joe because my My least favorite scene is actually the one after this, so... They're so close together, (laughs) and they're both involving the same thing. Is it the car falling through the tree? Oh my god, I can't wait to talk about that.
1: That one's not that great either. Yeah, no, I can't wait to talk
3: about that, but... But yeah, you get the Lexi choking I, mean, I also you know. disagree, but yeah, you get the Lexu choking uh, scene, and tree goes down, and or car goes down in the tree. Rex lets out its triumphant roar, and we're off to the death of Nedry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's
3: Nedry's time now.
2: Yes,
0: he's already spun
3: he's the wheel of spun death. On the wheel of lost. death,
2: lost.
0: Yep. He's already proven Can that. We
2: talk about how like a terrible driver he is. Because he wouldn't have died had he been able to, like, you know, drive in a straight line.
0: He's in and out of that car, but his glasses are always foggy, so he can't
2: mm-hmm. see.
3: That's true. I think the only thing I agree with is a lot of people make the comment of, it's a four-wheel drive Jeep. Why didn't he just put it in four-wheel drive to get over the log? But we don't know. It was muddy.
1: Maybe that's an excuse.
3: Who Stop knows? putting out puddles. This movie is a masterpiece. <laughs>
0: also, he's a computer nerd, not a jeep nerd.
1: <laughs> yeah, he might not have even known how to. Oh, well, we skipped over it. The plywood and the, uh, oh, the light. Right. The scene oh, is God. so arresting. to we talk about The that
3: scene yet. is so arresting that you don't even notice it. But when the explorer is being tipped over by the Rex, the like physical shot where it's actually being pulled by wires, okay. in the background, you can see a halogen light on a stand some wires, and a piece of plywood leaning against where the tunnel entrance would be. So, they totally didn't clean that up. And there's a potted plant there, too. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really funny. I really like it. It's just one of those fun things where it's like, how could you miss this? Just guys? How? Guys, come on.
2: Really? Of all the things you could leave?
0: <laughs> they needed the light right there. They, they needed did, it. They it did. was for the movie. It's not, it's not throwing that much light.
2: Anyway. So, the big thing with with Nedry's scene that gets me there's a goddamn blower whistle when he falls down the waterfall.
3: Whoop! Yep! Uh Spielberg put that in. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: Why? (laughs) Just why? Like, it doesn't...
0: uh...
3: For years I tried to mentally tell myself that I wasn't really hearing that and it wasn't really a thing, but then I've grown to accept it. (laughs) Soften the blow, I guess?
0: I think in subsequent versions they've uh, turned that down a little bit. I mean... Of all the people that
2: die in this movie, Nedri Nedri's death is the most deserved because he's a greedy bastard and he's put a bunch of kids in danger. And like the, the the greedy bastard, no whatever, like yeah, he's a terrible person. Yeah, whatever. That's that's not a reason to die. But the minute that you put children in danger, mmm right th- straight to death.
1: What if they're evil children? If they're that's oh. a different
2: thing? Totally hey. different thing.
3: But like... Hot take, oh. guys. Hot take, guys. And I I, I I, still don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> okay. Somebody online said, as an owner of a winch, I can absolutely assure you that that's almost identical to the sound of a steel cable getting reeled or extended super fast.
1: Oh, I right.
3: might be willing to accept that, because I've always thought maybe it's his shoes squeaking when he's falling down the rocks or something, but this it- The sound you're hearing happens right when he slips on the rock,
0: not necessarily when the. Wi- that would have actually. uh not when the winch would have been being pulled. Lessened the strain on the winch because he's falling backwards. I'm
3: willing to accept it as a comical insert.
0: And so the winch is going backwards because <laughs> his feet are going forward. So it wouldn't have squeaked quite yet. That would be. It would make that sound as he's going down the waterfall, possibly.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I'm willing to accept it's a goofy comic sound effect, but I, I I'm assuming somebody from the film would would fight me on that one, but I don't really care. I still love it either way. I wonder way. if we
2: if we ever get big enough to, you know, have like producers like conference in, like we come back and be like, so so Mr. Spielberg,
0: why? Why why is the sound effect here? And it's intentional. Also, please don't take this question as judgment. We love it. It deserves to be in this movie. We need it here. We super appreciate it. But why? Yeah. And then you get to see a Dilophosaurus, and it's so cute. Yeah. It does a little head tilt, and you're like, "Ooh, I want to, I want to pet it. I want to give it scratches underneath its a little chin."
1: It just goes to show why there should have been Compy in this movie.
0: We
2: got. They would have
1: been cute,
0: but
2: it's okay. We get the we get the Compy in Lost World, and they're. Terrifying little monsters. It's fine. They, just, they, they destroy are.
1: Peter Stormer. Eat them all up. I've never seen it. What? Never watched. What? It.
2: You've never watched Lost World? Oh God, are we going to have Wait, to watch is Lost that World the, now? Is that yes, the second, second one. It's the one.
1: second one. Yeah, it's, it's the only other one that Spielberg did. Oh no, I don't remember Compi. In oh the yeah, second they're one. In there. I just remember gymnastics kicking Velociraptors, and they're they're, they're in the them on a boat getting scene? off the island. That's it. Where
3: they, they eat yep. the little girl. They kill the girl. And then Peter Stormer then, pisses then, him off with a, a teaser prod. And yep. Yeah. He's just like, uh, he's basically like, he's completely, uh, he just doesn't give a crap about them or the well being because why should he? So then it comes back to bite him in the ass later in the movie when he gets devoured by a pack of them.
2: And not just like a little pack of them. There's like, there's gotta be like 50 of those little bastards running around. <laughs> yeah. That scene did give me nightmares when I was,
3: when I was younger. Oh Yeah.
2: Dude, when oh he's got, like, ten of them God. on his body,
3: and he's trying to pull them off, and they're, like, clipping to his, like, lip and stuff like that, and pulling as he's tugging them off. Oh, man.
2: So much blood. <laughs> so, I mean, with everything that I said about, like, Nedry deserving dying, that's still a really shitty way to go. You know, getting shredded in your escape vehicle by a, you know, large animal. How would that
0: tar work from inside? Of it it does- office? like it doesn't, it doesn't work.
2: It doesn't. It's, it's and not. And that's a why thing. everybody. That's yeah. why
0: people, yeah.
3: It was complete movie it's magic. It's got a little self lubricating hole. It's, it's complete movie magic. And that's why we haven't seen the Dilophosaurus since the first movie. And now it's finally making a comeback. But again, amphibian you know, DNA. I have
0: seen the Dilophosaurus. Everywhere else? Uh, there's a game called <laughs> Ark. I was watching oh, yes. somebody play Ark online I, once, I play Ark. And they're <laughs> running around, like, I got these cute little dinosaurs running after me. Yep. And they turn around, they're like, look, it's a. It's a I'm like, no run! Mm-hmm. And, like, start getting attacked.
3: Yeah, no, it scared the crap out of me the first three times I ran into him because it's just like they don't attack you like normal things. They don't just like rush up and start beating the crap out of you. You'll be just like hacking away at a tree or gathering some rocks, and all of a sudden you hear a noise. You look over, and it'll be standing there, almost like it's quizzical, and then the frill opens up, <laughs> <laughs> and then you oh, get great. blinded. Yep, death <laughs> yeah. by
2: frilla. Awesome.
0: Like if you if you haven't seen Jurassic Park and you don't know what a Dilophosaurus is, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just be tricked into thinking, "Oh, it's a friendly one. This one's going to follow that me." That one's around. got really
2: nope. pretty colors. That's got to be that's got to be safe. Exactly.
0: Those False sharp teeth must be really good at cutting up salads. So, <laughs>
3: before we got to his death though, Dan, you made a really good observation a few years back about the hood, about the hood on uh, Ned Oh, yeah. Shirt.
2: We talked about this. That, that blew was me that away. was a long time ago. Oh my god. There's this theory, I don't remember if it's a theory or if it's something I read online that Nedry wouldn't have gotten attacked by the Dilophosaurus when he turned around had he not put his hood up, because that's what triggered the Dilophosaurus to go into attack mode. Hmm. Because he displayed in a offensive maneuver, an aggressive, aggressive. maneuver, and that's what made
0: the, the Dilophosaurus attack him. That's right. That's... Hmm. I'd be keen to believe that. It's a, it's a fun... Even if it's not true, it's a fun thing to think about, be like, Yeah, that that could be true. It would be really neat if it because was then true. Right after that the
2: Dilophosaurus displays itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it also spits after the hood is down. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a fun one. But you know, it's it's neat to think about. Yeah.
3: But we also get one of my favorite scenes before he dies too, and that's the um the the mind bend of a prehistoric animal's DNA being covered. And buried in the mud yet again. (laughs) Yes. I love watching that Barbasol can get buried.
2: So how do the embryos get off the island? Because they- They don't. They
3: don't. Unless you you count the Telltale game. If you count the Telltale game, then they found them somehow. They dug in the mud and found them. And then they took him off the island with that game, but the game's been considered non-canon, so I don't know.
2: I thought I thought it's they said something that the dinosaurs nowhere to dig. The dinosaurs in Lost World
3: were the same dinosaurs from the original. Well, they they technically are because Lost World they they didn't want to go back to the same island, but they were preparing to, and they basically. That's why, that's why it's kind of a strange th- scenario, because the first movie is based off of a book that was incredible, and new, and fresh. It was obviously a huge hit turning it into a movie. There's no follow-up material. So they were coming up with all these crazy ideas about going back to the island and things like that, because they left it open at the end of the movie, not like the book, where they could go back to the island. However, when they kind of just like casually, I won't say forced, but casually uh, bugged Crichton into writing a sequel that he never intended to write... That's when the idea of the second island came up. So there was a second island to breed the dinosaurs, and then they brought the dinosaurs over from that island to Jurassic Park once they'd matured to a normal age. But that contradicts the hatchery in the visitor center, a couple other things, and... Yeah, it's... You would have expected them to probably go back and actually focus on this can more had that second book not been... Okay, I
2: guess that makes sense.
3: It's kind of funny because the second movie, in my opinion, is better than the second book... Whereas the second, oh, yeah, first the sec- that's... book is better than the first movie.
2: <laughs> well, you can't compare the, the first book and the first movie. I know you because can't. Because... There's just
3: so many differences. There's,
2: it's, it's, yeah.
3: But that's also so a segue into the other thing I was going to say. Nedry's death in the book versus Nedry's death in the movie. My God. What a gigantic difference. Yeah. The movie...
2: It's, it's pretty... Yeah, the movie
3: you get to see a car rock. You wouldn't be able to have the death from the book in the movie and not have it be rated R or more. but yeah, that's it's... just it. Crichton was great at describing that stuff. It's violent.
1: Oh
2: my god! I should not no. have been reading that at at a, you know in sixth fifth
3: grade. <laughs> no, same here, same here. I read it in fifth or sixth, and I was just I was shocked when I got to that scene because I was like in my head I'm thinking Ah Nedry dies in a shaking in a shaking jeep, and here it is is you know going not too far into spoiler territory, but essentially. He gets gutted. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And while he's blind, he feels his warm, slippery intestines in his hand. (laughs) And then the scene ends with his head being crushed like a watermelon in the jaws of an adult (laughs) telopasaurus. That is wildly more insane than what we get on screen. But either way, he dies, And he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, he was just trying to get some more money. Nah, he deserved it. Yeah, he deserved it. (laughs) So, yeah, then we we cut from there to, uh, you know... One, Your favorite one stuck scene. One pukey
2: this Timmy. This scene is a really good blend of CG VFX and practical VFX. That being said, the CG effects are not the great. I'd Pretty say the good. practical
3: effects aren't great, and that's what hangs it up for me. <laughs> but I, I love the scene. I love that it's in there. It's fun. It's just it's too hokey for me. I'm sorry. The fact that they never thought to move to the side... That bugs me. Yeah, that bugs me to no end. I mean, and the seen fact Prometheus? that it follows a perfectly straight—oh, well, yeah, yeah—the school of running away from things. <laughs> the yep. same yeah, thing. <laughs> but then same thing. Um, the fact that the the explorer follows a perfect trajectory at a ninety-degree angle down the tree, breaking through branches, instead of flipping or falling off the tree in any shape or form. Maybe it that, bugs me. That tree is me. just
2: really old. It was rotted <laughs> from the angle of That inside. <laughs> I, okay. I don't know.
3: Okay. But either way, yeah, I, I love that line. I love that fucking line so much. Just, he goes up, he checks in on him, opens the door. Tim's just laying there in the shadows. You can barely even see him. I threw up. Like, you can barely even hear him say it. The indignation <laughs> so that good. he
2: has right there of all mm-hmm. of the shit that just happened, boy. Yep. You think I That's what he cares
3: about. Really? <laughs> That's why I love Grant's expression. He doesn't know how to deal with kids. He's just like, oh, I, uh, I won't tell anyone.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes you know in the previous scene uh, back when you were talking about the canteens mm-hmm. grant said one of the most uh relatable scene uh things for me when he got back into the jeep which is ian malcolm says how are the kids and grant says yeah, what? i didn't yeah. ask i'm sure they're fine like had i been in that situation <laughs> i probably also wouldn't have asked
3: same here, same here, Ed.
0: just because like i'm sure they're fine why would they be
3: scared there's there's nothing a little, little hookup in the power i didn't say i was scared mm-hmm. i didn't say you're scared i know <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great exchange Malcolm makes this movie so much like what do you do with kids i don't know i just can't imagine this movie without him it's insane to think that he wouldn't be in it i, I just can't i can't yeah so
0: now we're going back to uh, alan being having to now take care of these children he can't just assume they're okay he's gotta G- gotta hold get, the get hands. this one out gotta of the hold tree the hands. got gotta figure this kid thing out real quick Yep.
3: And the good comments you know dead ever build a treehouse. and just everything going on before the jeep G- or before the explorer starts coming down it's just a great scene great setup you can really see the change where he's concerned about tim going up there i love the quote from lex before he even goes up the tree and i've tried working that into so many conversations <laughs> as a child and adult <laughs> <laughs> anytime anybody ever says anything like well oh, this is gonna happen and it's just always like Trying to find that inch where you can just, like, throw in that, but that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> it just feels so good.
1: <laughs>
3: but, yeah, it's it's him really starting to get to that point. He's getting to that point where he's actually caring for the kids and concerned about them instead of just not concerned. Like yeah. you said, in that scene with the Ford Explorers where he's sitting there being asked by Malcolm, that's such a good transition from that to this. So what you're saying is, all of the shitty parents just need to be
2: attacked by a T Rex
0: and thrown off a cliff. I mean, that's all. It's a, that's, that's all, all it, takes. it takes. Okay, good to know.
1: So we need to work more T Rexes into Stephen King stories. That's that's what is seems that like what it, it
0: was. He did what The Stand, right?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave Stephen King and his his ne- his necessities of just awful people <laughs> yes. all the time. In every one of his, almost every one of his books.
1: So then, let's talk about finding Malcolm in a bed of palm fronds. Well, we're not whatever. quite there yet. We're getting there. Yeah, we are. are we? Because we're still, we're, we're still. Guys, we're still we the Jeep. Okay. Yeah, they they ended up back inside. Yeah. Would you Jeep.
3: guys? Would you guys say we're back in the tree again, or would you say we're back in the car again? But at least we're out of the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're... Oh. Anyway, so yeah. Then we move on to the prelude to my favorite scene in the entire film. Yes, you have Muldoon, you have Ellie coming in after Hammond says to Muldoon, you know, I wonder if perhaps he'd be good enough to take a gas Jeep and bring back my grandchildren. And, you know, Muldoon's like, yeah, of course, there's kids out there. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So he gets out there with his awesome Jeep, which makes me so sad because in my perfect world, I'm making a Jurassic Park replica Jeep, 100% film accurate, and I want to make Muldoon's Jeep so bad because it's always been my favorite but he doesn't have a roll bar, so it's illegal to drive that around. Son of a, <sighs> yep. how dare he! I know, but it's... his jeep is the coolest. It's got the it's got the work boxes in the back and everything else. Just, oh, I love it. You can always throw work boxes in the back. <laughs> I can, I can, but yeah, it's just, it's not the same. But yeah, he bring he comes in with Ellie using the brightest flashlights in the world. I've always loved those. I always wanted to get one, but they're expensive <laughs> as hell. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yep, because they're you know vintage. They're antique now, but. Yeah, they come in riding in to save the day, only to find, you know, <laughs> one of the explorers is gone. And there's this crap all over the road. Like what what happened? Not that was generic. Yep. I love that <laughs> I love that scene so much. It took me it took me until probably like my early twenties to actually pick up on that. When when Muldoon this the fron says, I think this was too. I love that. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so good. It's just such a great explanation of how visceral the attack was for the T-Rex. He's just having a good old time eating lawyers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the way he was shaking him, for sure. <laughs> yeah. She shook him pretty
0: hard. And then you hear Simon and then mm-hmm. sudden Ian Malcolm. With one the of the line. best quotes. Remind
2: me to thank <laughs> John so good. for a lovely weekend. <laughs> yo yeah. I've gotten my ass handed to me by a goddamn giant lizard. I need to thank somebody for such a lovely
0: weekend.
1: Now, Dan, these are not cold-blooded animals.
0: <laughs> these things don't live in a swamp. <laughs> uh, no, I, was, I thought you were going to say uh, the part where Ellie says to Muldoon, do you think we can chance move them?" And he... Pops up and is like, please chance it. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and then by chance, you get Ellie spotting the other car over the ledge as Muldoon's trying to usher her to the Jeep oh, because those T Rex roars are going to get close down that
2: retaining wall so fast.
3: There's explanations. Magic? No, I, I'm i looking it up right now. It's okay. So getting back to that, because you guys talked about that. You guys talked about that. a
2: 50 foot drop.
3: It is, Easy. but it isn't. It is, but it isn't. The walls slope. So that's a drop right there, but the grass slopes down up from the sides of the embankment. It's, it's easier to explain with a it. It's, it's a really it. confusing yeah, no, scene. I get it.
2: I get it. But, like, they don't show enough of that part of the park other than this straight drop and then snap cut to Ellie and Maloon being at the bottom being like, what? I mean, I get it. It's a thing. And it was just something that I had. Are you going to show them drive well, all the have way to down drive, there? But That's they didn't boring. drive. They wa- obviously walked down it. But the way that it's filmed and what they used in the previous scene, it made it look like that retaining wall was just all the way around the T-Rex paddock.
0: Which I think it's supposed to be. It's because this is where originally, like, one of the insurance things was they had to have the concrete, uh,
3: whatchamacallit, all motes, the way around Motion the... tracking sensing units. like oh, Yeah, moats. Is... That's it. And again, this is this is where they cut corners in sake of entertainment versus safety by having this thing wildly inappropriately next to the gates like yeah it's cool that you can have a t-rex come up to the fence that close and feed in front of the tourists, but there should be a moat in front of that like a zoo (laughs) that's why they have them at zoo why
0: oh so they they just didn't oh my god that's wildly irresponsible you're right it is
3: it is entertainment failure that's all i cared about with with a veneer of safety,
0: <laughs> just enough to get the blood sucking lawyers off their back.
1: Yes, yes. But let's not gloss over the fact that this leads into one of the moments that is also very renowned in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm waving everyone back onto the jeep because it's we gotta go. Yep, he's looking at that T Rex
3: T Rex footprint. You know the water like Dan was talking about. The ripples going out. Just his concern. The only time he talks to the audience but doesn't talk to the audience. <laughs> Does anybody else hear that? That's uh that's a that's an impact tremor. I'm fairly alarmed here. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then yes, he's waving, and from that second forward is my favorite scene in the entire film. Watching Ellie and Muldoon running from the tree line, watching the T-Rex as she bursts through the tree line and spots them. The entire scene of the jeep picking up, speed, going, everything that happens, the jeep chase scene is just hands down my favorite scene. And people being
0: like, what, the T-Rex can only run 32 miles an hour. Yeah, well, so can, a jeep can only uh, go that fast if you are stuck in a gear because somebody's laying on the stick shift in <laughs> order to not be eaten by a T-Rex. Get off the stick, bloody move! <laughs> I love it so much! It's, it's such a good, well-done scene. Mm-hmm. And then your classic objects in mirror are closer than they appear with the t-rex like basically right in the mirror it's so good. yeah
3: which doesn't exist on the driver's side but i'm so glad they put it on there from the movie <laughs> but yeah it's uh <laughs> it's a great scene so much tension rex is barreling down on them smashing into the side of the jeep everything else you got laura dern's amazing scream as that happens because she's terrified shitless t-rex just came within inches of
0: her i say rightfully so mm-hmm. I think this is okay.
3: (laughs) Yup. You got the tree branch, you got the Rex breaking through the branch, and then it ends with hands down probably my favorite, or one of my favorite Malcolm quotes of, (laughs) you think they'll have that on the tour? (laughs) It's so good. I love it too. (laughs) And that's why I love Malcolm's character. He undercuts the horror, but then he also like leads up to the horror every time. It's like you get a joke before or after something scary (laughs) happens. Uh, it's a, it's good for kids, and it's good for adults, too, because the jokes are funny. They're actually legitimately funny.
2: Yeah. There's another one of those scenes that
0: unfortunately does need cleanup. It's good, but it's if I wanted the movie to continue to... This wouldn't be a scene I'd focus on cleaning up. Like If you're going to clean up the movie, you're going to clean up the whole thing in this. I guess you would do it. But if I were to pick scenes to clean up, it would be the very first dinosaur you see, and the one coming up in the next scene with the long neck uh sneezing which kind of looks fake to me those are those are the two uh, cheesy uh cheesiest ones
3: yeah mind you they're still great they're still amazing but see the movie gets a lot of flack in that department compared to like let's say jaws because instead of holding off on showing you the first dinosaur they got the brachiosaurus right out in broad daylight There's, like, arguments that they should have waited to have the first dinosaur be the Triceratops or the first dinosaur you see be the T-Rex, things like that. But if you pay attention, there are some nods. Like, the the scene with the raptor paddock that we discussed. You don't see a dinosaur in that. You hear noises. It's almost like the barrels in Jaws when the barrels go under. You don't physically see Jaws until, like, halfway through the movie, if not more. But the presence is always felt there. You always know that Jaws is
0: there. I don't think that a movie that is in a series with Jaws 3D has any foot
3: to stand on. Here? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What about Jaws for the revenge? It bought Michael Caine a, <laughs> Oh, sorry, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, Michael Caine said he's never seen it, but he, he can attest that the house that it built for his mom was beautiful or something along those lines. <laughs> 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 he had such a great quote for it. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I'm I'm happy with the way it turned out. I think yeah the brachiosaurus was the most wonderful thing for the audience to see because we we're in the same boat as them it's like wow a dinosaur unfortunately it didn't hold up because the texture on the skin and a few other things you know it's just odd i mean for its
0: time for its time perfection. yeah when the
3: movie came out it was incredible it was the first time anything like that had ever been on a screen and it still looks relatively good and honestly standard definition i'm sure
0: you can't even tell
3: yeah that's the problem with with vhs and dvd you can tell The second I threw that Blu-ray in, that's the first time in my life watching the movie I was like, oh no. Oh, oh (laughs) boy.
2: So people attribute this scene to the scene in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy steps out of her ruined house in Munchkinland, when it goes from black and white to color. Those two scenes have the same kind of audience-affecting power. I can see it. Because... Because with like the Wizard of Oz, like you get when that movie came out, everybody's so used to movies being black and white, and you know about the story of the Wizard of Oz because you've read it. But somebody's made a movie of it, and you no, know, they they it was it, the the color change scene, like that whole, that whole thing about it being color was totally kept under wraps. So it was a shock to anybody who was going to see it for that that opening.
0: Apart from like. The editor and the camera guy, uh, well, and the yes, director.
3: That's yeah, neat. and it worked on me as a five year old eating a cookie after leaving the kitchen and seeing that little tiny, itty bitty snippet blip mm, on the TV but... for the trailer. I mean, that's what blew me away. That's what made me freak out and beg my parents to take me to the theater right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we we go right from that scene into my second favorite scene of the entire film, the ice cream
0: scene. No. Oh, no, no, no. We got Alan and the kids.
3: In oh, the yeah, right, that's right. That's right. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's, I forget? It's, so, yeah, it's Alan, such a short scene. It is. It is. It goes back to the roar and then... It's a short scene. It's so important. That's it.
0: Because you get... Yeah, it's
3: a jump-off point for Alan, finally. And, and it's tied together because you hear the roar of the T-Rex chasing them, and then they hear the roar in the distance of that. And app. he throws the claw. He does throw the claw. This is the scene I was talking about with that, so... This is the scene where he fully gives up and gives over to being an adult with kids. And that's kind of him tossing his old way. His his old thoughts, his own feelings, like that's a representation of his old mentality being tossed away as he falls asleep with the kids in the tree. Can we talk about the fact that Grant
2: didn't manage to impale himself on that claw through all the shit that's happened in the last, like, ten minutes.
3: I know. As, <laughs> as a kid, I always thought it was in one of those pouches on his belt until I realized, oh, no, it's just in his nope,
2: pocket. He pulled it out of his <laughs> pants pocket. He didn't, you know, lacerate himself with it in
0: any way, shape, or form. If you were a paleontologist, would you uh, carry a raptor claw in your back pocket just because you found one i mean maybe, i if,
3: might if it was I if it know, was like the probably. first the first <laughs> of its kind or?
0: fossil that i like the, first
3: pulled out,
2: you of the found? out of the ground maybe yeah, i could see that yeah, i mean uh,
1: maybe it's a pressing of one yeah
0: <laughs> it kind of looks resin to me <laughs> it doesn't look like it's stone
3: well i've i've 3d printed a replica of that one and i'll tell you the thing is sharp as hell it's unmanageable, it's unwieldy, and you would not want to have that in your pocket of some tan dockers as you're flipping around and going off of
0: things. it. wasn't in the car, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. I don't think he could have gotten on this trip if he knew he was going to be attacked by a T-Rex. Probably not. And then we go to get my favorite thing, ice cream, which you'd think that the scene would be like the point in the movie where everything just stands still cuz you just had this T-Rex attack but what about but what about Lex getting sneezed all on? that fun stuff well that's the next that's
2: after that's this
3: after the ice cream oh that's right it's after oh, ice cream oh god i keep getting this all messed up okay so yeah they fall asleep and then it cuts to the ice cream it cuts the ice cream and then too. they wake up the yeah. they wake up the morning after after yep. the ice cream conversation yes so right. i don't remember if the excited. ice cream
2: if this conversation <laughs> happens in the book or not no but it is so necessary to show exactly how naive
3: hammond is it is it shows the naivety yeah. but it also shows and grounds his character to just the fact that he's kind of blind he's not an asshole he's not a money-grubbing jerk like the book made him out to be but he's just he's so unbelievably hopeful, hopeful that yeah hopeful that this thing's going to work that he's just completely writing off everything that's happened, and the naivety shows through like like nothing else, like you said. It's just, he builds and builds off the scene, and you learn so much about Hammond in, in what, this, like, two minutes? <laughs> it's just phenomenal. Yeah,
0: it takes him from being a character to being a human. Yes, This is the scene that brings him to, the, he's just one of us, who got a bit excited with his... Uh, new discovery
3: and I gotta I gotta say the acting with with Laura Dern too the way that she delivers her lines and the way that she brings the emotion and cries and everything during the scene is incredible absolutely incredible you'd actually believe that she knew Alan Grant and she was concerned about Alan Grant and kids yeah being stuck out on an island full of dinosaurs like it's it's such a well-delivered scene but the ice cream I, th- I think the thing that bothered me growing up and I still don't have an answer for it other than quote maybe auxiliary power because at this point the power's not off in the whole park, the power's off, but it's not right. Correct. Because so they haven't, they haven't left
2: for the, the maintenance shed yet. yet. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And Hammond makes the comment that the powers or with the power off, they were all starting to melt, but during that yep. scene, the ceiling fans are moving. So that always bugged me, but I'm willing to forgive that well, because I there mean, might be some those, like minor systems, like ceiling fans that are be working.
2: Just air circulators that use the moving air to keep the fans going. Maybe.
0: Either I don't know. Way. Fans are pretty high power, too. I mean, a freezer is super high power. That's probably going to be the one one of the things that you have turn off during a power outage, especially yeah. since it's going to be kind of self-sustaining for a while. It's on a
3: grid. It's on a bigger, bigger mm-hmm. thing that's going to be part of something else that you shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas fans, they're probably circuitry on something else that doesn't really matter. So it's like, why would the fans ever go off? And the lights are on. We can obviously see the lights are on in the rest of the compound at this point, so that's not a thing. It's not an issue. I mean, when the power goes out in the control center, the back the
2: backup lights turn on. True,
3: true. So I'm willing to forgive that. It's just, it bugged me for a little while growing up, but then I got over it. My favorite correlation, though, that I didn't realize until about five, ten years ago that somebody pointed out, was the ice cream scene. The fact that Hammond irresponsibly left the freezer door open directly attributed to the survival of his grandson correct <laughs> and it is such <laughs> a good thing it's like he just didn't care enough to close the damn door and that's the only reason why when the power comes back on later that the ice starts melting and or the water starts refreezing and turning into ice inside the freezer to create the slippery ground like literally that would not have happened had Hammond not just been lazy and not shut the door from getting the ice cream <laughs> I love it. You see how much ice cream was on that
0: table? He had to use at least both arms to bring that. And that's what out.
3: I picture. I picture a jolly John Hammond waddling out of the fucking cooler holding just <laughs> quarts of ice cream under his arms.
0: That <laughs> is a it is a wonderful it is. little bit of detail that they kept in the movie. It is. And I believe this is the last time he uh, utters, spared no expense. It is,
3: because Ellie makes him kind of snap it. out of it. And that's why this scene's so important. This scene is just as important as the boardroom scene. It's taking the character he's explaining why he's doing things why he's done things explaining his background and it's just the naivety like dan said is just showing through the the cracks and ellie's there to call him out on his bullshit when he starts talking about having control and she calls him out on that he stops you see it in his face he's like he's not used to having people not be yes men around him so the fact that she's calling him out on this it's making him actually stop and humble himself and think about what she's saying high level it is almost the exact same
0: scene as the boardroom scene. You got people saying, you don't know what you're doing here, John. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, something could, bad could happen. And then this scene being, John, you didn't know what you're doing. And, like, you have the character growth for John as well here then being like. So you got the difference in the scenes being John at the end of the movie being like, yeah, oh, I kind of screwed up here. Yeah. My bad. Like
3: in the boardroom scene, he's he's full on defending himself. And, like, he's just delusional to the point that anybody could see past what's being presented to them as the greatest entertainment thing that ever happened he can't believe that they're actually finding things to nitpick about whereas this scene it's almost like without actually physically touching him ellie slapped him and got him to get out of that stance and actually realize that it's not going to be just pick up and do it again after this things changed <laughs> they changed for the worse and they're not going to go back to the way
1: they were and that. Was us pulling ice cream out of the non-working freezer of Jurassic Park. Please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe, yell at your neighbors that we do this podcast. And temporarily, it's all about Jurassic Park for a few months. Because when you come back next time, we'll still be talking about Jurassic Park.
2: Guys, we only have like 10 scenes left. It's fine. We'll get this done before October. <laughs> we got
1: this. <laughs> so come back in two weeks when we rewind again.
0: <sighs> we, we need to make like Hammond and not go back again. We need We need to move forward with this. We can do it.